Hello friends, James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com, with your thought for the day, November 25th, 2015. And today I want to take a look at some of the ways that the media and various institutional organizations manipulate public opinion through falsely presented data, uh, i.e. statistics and graphics being misrepresented or presented in false and misleading ways. Now, a good example of this comes from simplystatistics.org that had a post up a couple of years ago that I'm sure you've seen various parts of somewhere on the web at some point or another. The statisticians at Fox News use classic and novel graphical techniques to lead with data. I'm pretty sure this meant to say mislead with data, but you get the point. And they talk about various ways that graphics can be really falsely presented or presented in misleading ways. Truncating the y-axis, numbers that don't add up, changing the units of comparison, changing the magnitude of units at different x values, etc. Now, let's take a look at some of these examples and how they work. For example, truncating the y-axis. Here's a bar graph, and bar graphs are, in a nutshell, they're meant to show the uh, value of a number in terms of a length, i.e. the length of a bar. And uh, so here we have the x-axis, uh, 2009, 2009, quarter one, quarter two, quarter three. So this is time. And then you have the y-axis, which is going to be, in this case, the number of Americans uh, on federal welfare, 94 million, 96 million, 98 million. Well, what's the problem here? Well, truncating the y-axis means that, in fact, of course, all of these bars actually start at zero. but we're for some arbitrary reason, we're just showing from 94 million. So it presents a very misleading uh, indication of the actual differences in these bars. If you plotted them out, they'd look differently. A good example here that's, I'm, again, I'm sure you've seen online, if Bush tax cuts expire, and this was a Fox News graphic showing, well, if they expired, uh, here's what the top tax rate would be. Uh, here's what they are now, here's what they would be. Wow, look at that jump tax rate. The top tax rate would jump significantly. Well, again, they're truncating the y-axis. Here's the, for some reason, it's truncated at 34. It's randomly starting at 34. Both of these values, of course, actually start at zero. So if you were to actually plot out what the actual difference in these bars look like, it would actually look like this. And as you can see from this image, it looks quite a bit less impressive, the difference between these. So it would be a jump from here to here, rather than the jump from here to here. It looks different. It gives a false impression when you truncate the y-axis like that. So let's take a look at another example from the Washington Post a couple years ago, the Wonk blog. You can't deny global warming after seeing this graph. Duh, duh, duh. And this is a graph from the World Meteorological Association from a report that they did, and uh, the report is linked up so you can go read it yourself. And basically this is the graphic that they have. Uh, it shows the global average temperature from 1880 at the dawn of the instrumental temperature record era and uh, up until 2001, 2010, that decade. And this is a decade by decade plot of the global average temperature. And look, very clear trend. You have down in the 1880s and then in the 1930s and then up towards the modern era, very clear, very distinct upward trend exactly like what uh, we've seen so many times before in so many other graphics, but here it is. You can't deny global warming because you've seen this graphic. Now, I guess there's a few things to quibble with here. First of all is that this is the old global warming believer canard that there is anyone anyone who is arguing that the world has not warmed since the Little Ice Age 150 years ago, ended 150 years ago, uh, I don't know anyone who's arguing that. And certainly, if we look back at the last 11,700 years of the Holocene uh, inter interglacial epoch that we're in, of course, yes, temperatures absolutely have been rising. So no one is denying that temperatures are rising. 
But for some reason, I guess this is supposed to destroy any doubt about uh, the idea of anthropogenic global warming. <clears throat> Again, that's a canard. That's the wrong thing. But anyway, even disregarding that, let's let's take a look back at what we just learned about truncating the y-axis on a bar graph. Oh, wait. Yes, that's exactly what happened here. So what happens if you plot this on an actual bar graph that shows it, uh, well, in the way that it's supposed to be shown from the bottom of the y-axis? Well, here's a, a, a blog that, that did exactly that, took the exact same data from the WMO report and plotted it this way. Here the data appears in a bar graph if plotted with the y-axis starting at 13.4. And here's the, the chart they showed. Here's the data appears in a bar graph if plotted with the y-axis starting at zero. <laughs> and this is actually what they're talking about. Which, again, it's the same data, but it looks different. It has a different perception because now we understand we're talking about 0.8 degrees Celsius of warming, which is important. It is important because we're talking about a very minute gradient of temperature change over a very long period measured to a very fine degree. In fact, a degree that is not justified given the level of uncertainty that is inherent in these uh, numbers, but we'll come back to that point in a little bit later. But anyway, it's the exact same point. If this is misleading, then this is misleading. Uh, I would suggest that you actually take a look at the rest of this and also down at the critique of this post that he links in the blog uh, down here at the bottom uh, for more information about why this is misleading and how a line graph would be a better way of plotting it, why truncating the y-axis on a line graph is not the same problem as truncating the y-axis on a bar graph. There's a lot to talk about there, but the point is still that this is misleading and uh, this gives you a better idea of what we're talking about here. But let's, let's move on. There's a lot more to talk about. Here's another example of one of these terrible uh, Fox graphics. This one, just a total nightmare of a mess. Growth of government spending as a share of GDP, and here's some numbers from the 40s. Here's Bush 2008. Here's Bush and Obama in 2009. Here's Obama 2010 to 2013. So we're looking at these percentages. Again, even just looking at this, it's not a helpful graphic because it's confusing right off the bat. But it's even worse because, as they point out, the graphic compares two completely different measures of government spending. There was a different measure applied uh, pre-2009 as there was post-2009. So these are just different data sources, different measurements, different uh, units. It's just a total nightmare of a mess, uh, this graphic. But it brings to mind another nightmare of a mess graphic, one that will probably be familiar. Uh, pop quiz, anyone know what this is? Oh yes, of course, it's the cover of the WMO, World Meteorological Association 1999 Status of the Global Climate, which of course is better known as the hockey stick. This is where it first made its big public splash debut on this cover of this publication that came out in 1999 and made its way eventually into the third assessment report of the IPCC in this format where it shows the uncertainty levels in these temperatures, which is important because it reminds us that pre-1880 we're not dealing with instrumental temperature record, we are dealing with tree rings. Yes, reconstructions from tree rings. And well, that's an interesting concept in and of itself. But here is a thousand years of temperature history that shows, well, look, here's this fairly steady and fairly nondescript uh, trend, slightly downward, perhaps, in the, the global temperature trend. And then 20th century hits and it's through the roof. It's a hockey stick. Well, uh, how is this misleading with statistics? Well, hmm, complete, two completely different measures uh, conflated in a single graphic. Two completely different measures conflated in a se separate graphic. Do you see where I'm going with this? Some people might. 
you win a cookie if you do. We're talking about the, uh, well, what turned out to be the infamous email from Phil Jones about Mike's nature trick of adding in the real temps to each series for the last 20 years, i.e. from 1981 onwards, and from 1961 for Keith's, i.e. Keith Briffa's reconstruction to hide the decline. And hide the decline, you might remember, became a uh, key phrase from the Climate Gate emails, which we have been explained many, many times. Well, that doesn't mean there was a decline in temperatures. It means there was a divergence in the records and blah, 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 until your eyes glaze over. Here's the upshot of this. The tree ring data that is being used to form this thousand-year temperature reconstruction, because it is a calculation that they have to make by scrying the tree rings, is perfectly fine and valid and shows a very 100% reliable, we can totally believe this temperature reconstruction except since 1960. And then for some reason that we can't explain, trees stopped working as thermometers. We can't use tree-mometers anymore. So they had to graft, they took all of this data, and then they grafted the temperature data from actual instrumental temperature uh, readings on the end, and they get that nice little uptick at the end to get the hockey stick. Hmm, now that seems like it's a type of fraudulent manipulation, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem a little bit strange? Now, again, Exactly like this canard that, you know, global warming equals uh, people not believing that the world is warming is total bunkum. No, again, the world is warming and has been since the end of the Little Ice Age and on the grander scale has been warming for the last 11,700 years. Let's not lose sight of that. But the point is this decline, this uh, convergence or divergence, I should say, in the tree ring data from the instrumental data is important because it shows that the tree rings maybe aren't the most accurate thermometers we can find. And there may be problems in this hugely uncertain temperature reconstruction that we have from the past. And it's, uh, again, the tremometer issue is an entire field of study in itself, literally. But just to give you a taste of that, I'll put in this article about the Yamal implosion talking about how the, uh, uh, the, these, some of these temperature reconstructions uh, relied on a series of tree rings known as the polar Urals. But there was an update to those polar Ural tree rings in 1999. And that update showed that the 11th century was much warmer than it was in the original series when it was originally run. In fact, higher even than in the 20th century. So if we're thinking in terms of this graph, the 11th century back here would actually be up here and then it would not look quite so impressive. It would not be a hockey stick. It would be maybe a bathtub or something like that. So what did these honest uh, scientists do when they found that their data was updated in a way that made it impossible to use it in that graph? Did they change their graph? No, they changed the data. They threw out the polar urals and they, they found another tree ring series, one that was published in 2002. It was collected by two Russian scientists, Hantamirov and uh, Shiatov. And these two Russian scientists published in 2002, but before they even published their Yamal data, which, by the way, had little 20th century trend. There was no particular uptick on the end of their data when they published it. But Keith Briffa, i.e. Keith Briffa, the guy who was, uh, uh, that, that was mentioned Keith's uh, data from 1961 in that climate gate email, in Briffa's version, Somehow, it ended up with the sharp uptick at the end of the 20th century. The same data, but for some reason, his version comes with that sharp uptick at the end. And how does that happen? Well, again, it's too much to go into here, but YAD06, the most influential tree in the world, <laughs> talking about how they cherry-picked the data. This is what the data it looks like, you know, no particular upward trend whatsoever, and they 
find the ones with the upward trends, and then when they publish it, suddenly, yes, the tree ring data shows this sudden huge upswing at the end of the 20th century. So again, the tree-mometer issue is a giant lie, but here's the point. So yes, they're taking two completely different data sources and just smooshing them together without actually noting it uh, on, the, uh, on the publication where it appeared here. Uh, in 1999 that started the the hockey stick idea and all of the nonsense that came along with it. Again, a lot of statistics there, but uh, if you don't know about how these uh, temperature reconstructions are done or you don't have any clue about the fact that these are constructions and calculations from cherry-picked data, you may just look at this chart and just believe it, (laughs) as in there's no problem, we can just accept it for, for what it's showing us, when of course we can't. And at least the IPCC showed a bit of the uncertainty there. But uh, anyway, let's take a look at another example. This one, uh, misleading by coloring, we'll call it. Uh, This is an example of a graph of uh, a cross-section of different latitudes on the Earth and different uh, altitudes showing different temperatures uh, that you would expect to find. Uh, This is total linear change. So this is a temperature anomaly that you would expect to find if greenhouse gases were responsible for the warming that we're observing and have been since the end of the Little Ice Age. The fingerprint of global uh, greenhouse gas-induced global warming would be uh, this, this signature. It would have this little hot spot here, uh, which indicates that the greenhouse gases are trapping in this layer of warm air. That's, that's what it would, we would expect it to look like. Uh, but there was no way of really measuring this until we started to get a satellite data uh, record going at, uh, at the turn of the century. And when we did actually start measuring it, lo and behold, wouldn't you know it, there's no hotspot. It does not look anything like what was predicted. So there turned th- that created this whole mini industry uh, basically trying to look for this hotspot. Where did it go? Why isn't it there? Uh, one of the examples of which was a 2008 paper in the Journal of Climate, which when uh, reconstructing some data actually seem to find the hotspot we're looking for. If you look at, especially this one, it seems to look exactly like what we're looking for. You've got that red hotspot there, and then the lower uh, values around it, uh, uh, moving upwards and some warmer values around. Red, very, very warm in the middle, and then some lower values around some, well, it looks like the hotspot. It looks like they found it until you look down at the scale here. Now, note the scale on this, the total linear change. And here, red is 1.2 degrees Celsius. Here, red is zero. From zero to 0.2 is the red. And black, the absolute black, is 0.5 degrees Celsius. So this map doesn't even go halfway uh, in the temperature anomaly uh, scale, as this one does. So this is looking for one, uh, 1.2, somewhere in there, degree Celsius anomaly. This one is showing a 0.5, maybe, degree Celsius anomaly in that hotspot region. But it looks similar. It's the, literally the coloring. And uh, as is noted here, uh, the Sherwood paper, where even zero looks hot. I mean, it's grade school level stuff, just changing the, the scale and changing the colors to make it look like there's a hotspot when there isn't. And speaking of which, let's throw in another example of that because, well, this is too much to, of, a, of a topic to possibly broach in this video. So I will make an entirely different vid- video just about the concept of global average temperature and how it is calculated. Yes, not measured, calculated, because of course it has to be constructed from, it, you can't just go outside and look at a thermometer and see the global average temperature. It has to be constructed and it's constructed from, well, here's the GIS surface temperature analysis uh, from the Nas- uh, NASA Goddard Institute. 
Um, and this is one of the main temperature trend, uh, temperature data sets from which the global average temperature is calculated. And this is the uh, where when you see the, the hottest month ever, the hottest year ever, those kinds of claims, they come from this construction. And the long story short here, I want to direct your attention to the global land ocean temperature index that goes from the beginning of the instrumental temperature record in 1880 to the current era 2000 fill in the blank and it shows from minus 0.2 degree temperature anomaly to about 0.6 degree temperature anomaly over the course of the last 135 years there has been about 0.8 degrees celsius of warming and this is the 0.8 degrees celsius that the ipcc identifies that everyone talks about as the modern era of warming since since the temperature record began and since the bulk of man's industrial activity and carbon emissions began is 0.8 degrees Celsius warming. So some percentage of that is uh, due to the greenhouse gases that are being released by humans. And the only quibble, the only minor quibble is what percentage, but we all know it's some percentage, so that's good enough, right? Well, that's interesting. 0.8 degrees Celsius of warming over 135 years. That sounds like a very precise figure. It's down to the tenth of a degree Celsius. And in fact, when they're quibbling about the hottest month and hottest year and those types of records, it sometimes comes down to the hundredth degree Celsius. So they are claiming to have that degree, that fine degree of control over these numbers, these uh, global land ocean temperatures that they construct uh, as part of this GIS uh, temperature analysis. Hmm, but what is the actual uncertainty in these figures? Has anyone calculated that? Well, it turns out someone actually did calculate that in this paper. Uncertainty in the Global Average Surface Air Temperature Index, a representative lower limit. And here's the money shot. A representative lower limit uncertainty of zero, plus minus 0 0.46 degrees Celsius was found for any global annual surface air temperature anomaly. This plus minus 0 0.46 degrees Celsius reveals that the global surface air temperature anomaly trend from 1880 through 2000 is statistically indistinguishable from zero degrees Celsius. Let me repeat that. Statistically indistinguishable from zero degrees Celsius. That's right, friends. Again, the uncertainty in the measurement is more than half of what they have told us has taken place over the last 100 years, 130 years. 0 0.8 degrees over the last 130 years, plus minus 0 0.46 degrees Celsius uncertainty in that uh, in, in the global surface air temperature anomaly trend. Uh, that, I mean, that is just staggering. Again, if you know what this means, it means that this is total, this is total garbage. It, it's, it's trying to show us down to the 10th of a degree, something that clearly cannot and is not measured in tenths of a degree. Uh, and, and is nowhere even close. We do not have the certainty to be able to say there has been 0 0.8 degrees Celsius of warming over the last 130 years. Now again, the point is not whether or not the globe has been warming over that period. No one disputes that the globe has been warming since the last little ice age. The point is, if we do not know and do not have a handle on these extremely fine temperature uh, anomaly gradients, to be able to say with any precision how much the globe has warmed down to the tenth of a degree Celsius, because we don't, statistically indistinguishable from zero degrees Celsius, if we do not have the ability to do this, then how can this data be fed into climate models with variables that we but bedimly under, uh, misapprehend at this point, to use a Bushism, 
Uh, how can we possibly throw those into models and then predict a hundred years from now what the temperature anomaly is going to look like? We cannot. But that is the thing they do not want you to think about. They'll give you this nice, clean-looking data, but they will not talk about the fact that this is, again, statistically indistinguishable from zero. Fun with statistics, folks. It is misleading all the way down. Many, many, many different references to what I've talked about here in the show notes. I hope you will go and look through it. But as you can tell, it takes a lot of research to actually cut through this BS and to find some of the ways that they trick you with these uh, various analyses. So I hope you will start to dedicate yourself to this. The show notes will have the links to everything I've talked about, as always. And as I say, we'll have an entire video on the global average temperature itself and the misleading cluster something that that is. But uh, as I say, I will be continuing to cover this information as we head towards the Paris Climate Conference and the coming Global Taxation Treaty that they're looking to seal there. Once again, this is James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.